morning. This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. And just getting out for the walk. The talk is about oh, some crows going through the recycling. Silly crows. Uh, let's see. The talk. The talk is about uh, seven types of stories, and this is from a book by uh, I think it's I think it's Charlie Booker. The premise of the book is that there are seven basic types of uh, story. And it starts off with um, overcoming the monster. Uh, then it's rags to riches. There's comedy, tragedy, and I'm just checking this list here. Because there there's a couple more. Oh, here we go. Uh, the Quest, Voyage and Return, and then Rebirth. And the first is Overcoming the Monster, and that uh, that the obvious would be that there's a monster, there's some kind of uh, antagonist that is uh, worthy of standing up to and uh, overturning. I think I think one of the examples for that was Beowulf, and in that there there are actually three uh, representatives of chaos, I guess. And that being uh, Grendel, Grendel's mother, and then the dragon. Those three episodes. Uh, it's e each of these episodes is also it, it tells us about this. Uh, hero who becomes a king. Um, there's, a, there's a preoccupation with leadership. And there's some great lessons going on in there. I'm just taking a shortcut. And I think there's a guy doing Tai Chi just outside. Pretty sure it was Tai Chi. My neighbor does Tai Chi in the garage. Uh, so sometimes I'm able to, I walk by and there's this uh, graceful, graceful martial art. Uh, it, it might seem like it's not a martial art, but if you ever get a chance to see a demonstration of, um, of fighting with Tai Chi, uh, it gets sped up, and it's beautiful and deadly, and, uh, so w watch out for old people <laughs> doing Tai Chi. Okay, back on track. And, and oddly that connects with Beowulf, because we get to see Beowulf in the third episode third uh, representation of this monster to be overcome. And uh, Beowulf is an old guy. Uh, and and thinking, thinking that he's um, is sort of safe, believing too much in his own abilities at, uh, at that point. And two, not thinking about his uh, own self-worth. Uh, it's 
I know, no, that's that's on topic. Just just to expand though on this notion of um, basic story types, I think my my premise where I'm coming from is that most most stories have a diversity of type so that there's this uh, quality of sharing one uh, nagging one that I've encountered uh, in, in doing young adult is romance you know that there's got to be this uh, teen romance a specific uh, kind of romance and The, uh, this recent term of uh, in fandom called shipping, where you suspect or you uh, project, you know who who's going to get together with who. Say there's this <clears throat> there's this frustration between two characters, and thinking, oh well, you know, or fantasizing that they ought to get together. Um, there's uh, fan fiction being written about them. And some people are calling that now shipping. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's a... Uh, the, the romance, for, uh, for me, this... And two, uh, looking at these seven types of, of stories that's uh, I don't think that I don't think it's on the radar for there which is which is sort of interesting I'm just going through my file cabinet mental file cabinet and it's ah moss it's not so uh, comedy in this list of, of seven uh, Comedy is in reference to Shakespeare's plays, like Much Ado About Nothing, where there is romance, but there's also this confusion. Uh, Mix-ups, you know, say, almost like the, the Prince and the Pauper, the... Um, and that's... P-A-U-P-E-R and the oh okay stay on topic I'm just seeing these houses going up or a house being built and uh, we have these older houses that are torn down and then these mini, mini mansions that are being put up with these double doors and uh, <clears throat> facades as well, right? You know, can't afford to you know do the whole house, so we're just going to spruce up the front. But isn't everyone kind of like that? You know, ah, uh, right, right, back on track. So. Uh, Romance uh, could fall into the category of comedy, which, not to our uh, modern sensibility of what comedy means now, uh, but if you have an opportunity to check out one of Shakespeare's comedies, you'll see tropes, you'll see uh, a certain type of story it's it's much softer than the the tragedies. Uh, there's levity. Uh, if you can see, a, say, a stage performance, there's this uh, body language as well, and body language, b a u d y, that helps to communicate. And so, my, my premise is that all of these elements are involved in a story. 
So, in a sense, if, if you're looking for fullness in your story, you know, you can you look no further than these seven uh, basic types. Just, just as a thought, uh, as, as I stand here uh, amongst my uh, menagerie of manuscripts, I, I just, I just have this feeling. Uh, for example, this uh, mess of a manuscript that uh, local. Uh, local writer, author, really. Because, uh, anyways, he he has uh, Patrick Bolivar has um, is checking out this uh, science fiction story, and we're going to meet on Thursday. And uh, I've, I'm checking out his. Uh, he's got a young adult fantasy, and. Uh, this this thinking about the basic types of story, these seven types, uh, that it's it's assisting with considering, say, you know, what is the the comedy, including romance. What is the tragedy? Uh, what is the what is the quest? The journey? Uh, the monster? the rags to riches and I, I'm also thinking that it's probably not what this was meant to, meant to do uh, meant, you know, this is not meant how it's meant to be uh, but it's just this sort of feeling after I checked out you know, what the, what the basic types of stories were these seven types Uh, it's this is not the the only uh, sort of reduction or um, classification, almost like as if they were beasts in a way. Uh, and two, it, it's it's someone who's attempting to comprehend or to comprehend and communicate. This, uh, I think it's Charlie Booker or Charles Booker. So he's he's written this book, and it's been done before. Uh, I, I think I saw one that was three stories, and then another. I think it was four. I saw one that was. There's the seven types of stories, and then there's another version. Uh, I was just checking out that was it was 36 and for that one the the author was going to um, Greek myths and plays and uh, stories so this crashing you might hear is another house that has been demolished and uh, they're just and pulling through the uh, foundation. It's so interesting. The, uh, it's almost like, you know, um, memories or something. And, uh, you know, getting rid of this place. Not that it's haunted, but, uh, It's it's strange that we have this, like some sometimes we have an attraction to say, you know, um, places that have age or history, and I, I wonder about that. These newer houses that I look at, they're not built to last. The facades have this suggestion, like they have this sort of stone facing, fake, probably fake stone facing. There's the suggestion that they are more than they are because you get around to the side you see that you know they're not they're not what they advertise 
there's a level of uh, desperation there, I to me. <clears throat> uh, so get back on track, and uh, basic types of stories. So say, in looking at Patrick's uh, story, which, as I read it at the moment, I'm just looking at the first chapter, is that it is a young adult uh, fantasy. And and two, the, the, the the usual the cliche is that there's going to be uh, a romance. If it's YA, young adult, then that's the expectation. There can be a sub submer- <laughs> subversion of that. And that's going to be one of the questions. Like, say, I could go through the list and I, I could ask Patrick as we're doing this critique back and forth and I, I could ask you know, well what's the, the romance aka comedy what is the what is the uh, tragedy and then so on and so forth yeah, even in the first chapter I've had a glimpse of who I think the the monster is the uh, <clears throat> antagonist, and uh, I into at this stage of the story, wonderfully uh, morally ambiguous. At this point, that uh, but but quickly uh, the the villainy grows and. Uh, it's, it's sort of giving me some, uh, like, it's almost like taking the whole and then dividing it up. A connection that's made uh, in this book is that, is connecting to Joseph Campbell's monomyth, uh, The Hero's Journey, and uh, via that or through that, uh, Carl Jung. And I, what's it? I'm not, I'm never sure what to call. Is it analytic uh, therapy or something? But I liked I liked the notion of say uh, when I look at the this sort of wheel shape uh, monomyth with its four quarters. I like. I like the notion of that it's a whole, it's, it's a complete thing that has been divided up. So, what does that do? In, in a sense, that creates a, a structure. And I'm, I'm structure hungry. Let's see. Uh, in in considering and editing my own work, I would like to say make a little sort of poster and put it up of these types of story, or um, but also having some kind of connection between them, like a a, a spectrum of stories, or to to use the the, the monomyth wheel and position them. Uh, why? Because even in uh, Charlie Booker's book, uh, the seven the seven types of stories, there's this hero's journey that is uh, referenced. 
there, there's this uh, uh, a call to adventure, and then uh, I think it was a it was a dream, and then, uh, then nightmare, and then return, which I thought was a dream and nightmare were good descriptions of what's going on in the two halves of the second act that there's this you know the hopes and dreams of the second act you start with and then uh, in the you know to be the second half of the second act so if you're looking at the middle part of the story and dividing it in half and you can look at this second half and where you at the end of which you have uh, the crisis and let's see what else can I say about that it is it is a nightmare you know things are totally falling apart I, I'm just sort of wondering and about say positioning the um, these seven stories can they be positioned on the wheel uh, you know, on this sort of cyclic uh, circle structure that Joseph uh, Campbell has provided us with <clears throat> uh, And then another part of my brain is saying, no, 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 these are, these are more like, say, story threads that go through. And some might be uh, stronger than others. I, I was just thinking of, say, romance, where the, the, the romance is, is less Shakespearean and it's more, um, what, what would be the best word? It's more Shakespearean, uh, so less, less Shakespearean. And we end up, uh, it, it, it's taking the, the focus away from comedy. Um, I'll bet that in every romantic novel, there is some element of comedy, whether it's one character who delivers, or if it's a, um, say, you know, humor that is shared between, uh, biting sarcasm, say, that is shared between characters. Ah... Uh, And uh, even with a, within a romance novel, there are, say, you, you have a romance, but then you'll also have uh, action. And so it could be the action of confronting, overcoming a monster, whatever the monster is. It might be a corporate element. It might be uh, something within uh, the home, uh, a person, or a poltergeist. So I think that that's something, it's a better way to look at it, is sort of say, as threads within the story, and some are quite thin, while others are, are more thicker, more pronounced. Uh, they would be the spine of the story, or uh, a supporting subplot. And there, there's the word to describe. What I'm thinking is that these are types of plots, uh, subplots. Why look at it that way? Well, number one, say, in critiquing, I think it's helpful to have a list that separates. And that might seem obvious, but it might it might bring up something for the other writer 
uh, say like on, on this Thursday, uh, I have, I now have some questions for Patrick. It's like, you know, for where is this going? Uh, and that also informs my, my own situation and perhaps his critique, you know, that he could go, you know, oh, hey, Moss, that reminds me of yours, your science fiction uh, thing. What, what is the, uh, what is the comedy? I can, I, you know, in my, in my first chapter, I have this relationship going on, but the question could be, it's like, well, where does that go? Uh, how does that develop? Uh, there's no need to ship in, in my first chapter. It's quite obvious. Maybe later there will be some shipping. I don't know. Uh, and two, it's none of my business what, uh, what readers get up to. Uh, okay, so... Uh, just to go through the, these divisions and perhaps talk about um, differences and angles. I mentioned uh, the overcoming the monster and I mentioned say how in, a, in some genre fiction there could be the definition of, of monster is quite broad. You know, it, it could even be environmental. You know, there could be this monster that we have to tackle. Or in our case, it's actually about bureaucracy. And it's about everybody being on the same page. So, overcoming the monster. Uh, a slight segue, but I, I sort of feel myself uh, heading there because I'm thinking about it from a, a current uh, piece of fiction, a work in progress, that I'm sort of slowly revolving around like a black hole I'm at the uh, it's called the horizon event and we're talking about black holes and oh I'm already where I was trying to get to uh, I'm talking about walking <laughs> Uh, let's see. Right, so the I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about sort of story as a reflection of the author, and uh, my introduction to this was Michael Moorcock uh, in this essay where he critiqued Tolkien was that the world is a reflection of... the fantasy world is a reflection of the author. And by extension, the, the struggles, the antagonist in the story, the monster, is a part of the psyche of the author. <clears throat> And, and you can argue against this. Uh, one real-life application is dreams. So say you have a very potent, unforgettable, perhaps frightening dream. You wake up, you remember clearly everything, every detail, and you were being oppressed uh, or hunted or attacked in some way by... Uh, perhaps, perhaps a shadow. I can remember a dream I had where there was a shadow and there was some 
some kind of science to it. Because uh, it was a person standing in a doorway and there was light from the outside. I mean, beyond the doorway, so they were backlit. But because there was no uh, light where I was, uh, the person was in shadow. And in the, in the not knowing uh, who it was, uh, there was something... It was sort of say, if I saw the person and they were a stranger, I might go, you know, oh, you know, that, uh, I don't know who that is. But the shadow seemed to make it even more, uh, uh, it, it, it made it disturbing. That, you know, that there's this person standing in this doorway, blocking this doorway, and I, I can't see their features. Uh, there's some comfort in that every aspect of that uh, image uh, in the dream, the dream, it is my dream. And if I come at it as a, if I come at the interpretation uh, in a holistic way, you know, meaning whole, uh, actually now I'm going, does holistic mean that? I have to go look that up because holistic is spelled with a, just an H, whereas whole is with a WH. Maybe they have some etymology um, connection. But... So the, inter, the interpretation, the, the immediate in, interpretation was just uh, fear, uh, worry. Uh, you know, this, this shadow, there's something... Um, deeper, deep and troubling there. And mystery. Uh, and and yet when I'm when I'm going, ah, but this is me. This is all me. The doorway, uh, the wall that divides these uh, two places uh, this figure, this person standing in the doorway the, the lighting going on all of it uh, even me as this narrator oh, it's another one of my friends hello what? hello yes it's not easy being a dog. Uh, so, yeah, so that's a real life example of uh, a way to interpret a story, to come at literature uh, story, as that this is a reflection. It makes a lot of sense because as a, as a writer you've chosen the genre, you've chosen the characters, you've chosen the style. I can remember being in a creative writing class and the instructor was urging a student to, to give more and to, uh, you know, make it clear. But for the writer, it, it was important that there was this distance. Uh, they did not want proximity. They did not want the reader to get close. Uh, so they had, in a sense, they had, they had created this boundary and said, okay, you can, you can see, and, I, and too, I'm building on this, that you can see me from here, Right? You know, the connection is going to be... It's like a Wi-Fi connection. It's going to be very weak. It's going to be far away. And it was interesting and frustrating. Uh, I, I understood the instructor who's urging for connection, connect with the reader, but I also understood the writer who was... Uh, 
that just the idea of connecting would be difficult. And why? Why would it be difficult? Because, because it's personal. Because there's this a lack of... Um, I'm getting better at, at this, uh, but I used to be in the same boat where I had a, a huge amount of distance and I wanted to keep the reader. And it was more subconscious, this, this distancing. And uh, it's taken work to get, to get closer and closer. As I edit, um, like say in preparation for the Thursday, and also getting ready for questions, Q&A, I am uh, preparing, preparing for this reader. Right, I want, I want to connect. And what's the other thing? So, say here's two, here's two writers, and we are just hoping to skip across. Where I am at two intersections, I mean, I'm at an intersection. It's just not crosswalk. There we go. A gap. I have found the gap. And, uh, all right. Back to. Okay, back on track. Um, let's see. So uh, we'll have you know two writers. Uh, we're hmm. We're both we're both we're. And it's weird because say we're not sharing everything, right? Uh, I think that's where the craft of it comes into play. And I, I, I do want to drift back to this, these seven types of stories, but. How, how I'm how I'm looking at it right now, uh, it, that uh, say both of us uh, want to improve and get better, and we're both you know from different places, and I'm, I'm coming up to this point of. Um, yeah, I. It would be. It'd be better if I used myself. That. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, having been a younger writer, having worked with younger writers, uh, I remember a while ago, where it was. It was actually a a man. He's in his seventies, and uh, he's written. He's written a couple things, but. This work he was doing, a work in progress, was highly personal to him. And, you know, so I bulldozed in and uh, I, I was helping out with the first chapter. And how can I say this? It was personal and he was, he's, he felt like he was exposing himself, whereas I had this. Uh, distance, and like say to me, I was looking at it as a story, and there's an element of therapy. Uh, like say for myself, the first draft is totally therapy, right? It's this opportunity to just uh, to just get this uh, story out, and it's rough and raw and disgusting and. Uh, you know, I've got to, I've got to clean it up, and why? Because uh, the second draft is it's business. So yeah, the first first draft is personal, but uh, for me, where I'm at, it's it's business, and uh, let's see. So 
it is there is a process of um, I I know that this is a reflection of me that that the work in progress uh, that you know you can't get away from it uh, all of the little bits and, and bites these little moments of uh, my life uh, personal inspiration. Uh, introspection and I don't know why I keep coming back to uh, Terry Pratchett and there's a political satire that runs through uh, Terry Pratchett's work uh, his fantasy world his stories you know that he's talking about real-world stuff that is important to him, troubles him. This is his way of confronting corruption. Uh, If you look at... I could be wrong about this, but I remember looking at the map of the capital city he writes about. Oh, don't let me... Now I've forgotten the the name. It's something about... It's got pork in it. It's got ank. I think it's like ank ank pork more, something like that. Anyways, if you look at that map and you look at a map of London with the Thames, it's it's there. I mean, I I could I could see I could see the suggestions. Uh, and what does that mean? <laughs> well, it was inspiring. I was thinking, oh, maybe I could do something like that. Um, I don't have his wit. But there are issues, like say, I will tackle issues, uh, personal and social, I will tackle these issues. I'm trying to understand myself and my society, culture, my city. Ah, This feels like it's off track, but wonderfully so. Um, Seven basic stories. Well, in Overcoming the Monster, I guess the point I'm making is overcoming the monster uh, within oneself. So we have a... We have a... uh, Just getting my bearings here. Where am I? Uh... Literally and figuratively, bearings. So, so yeah. Uh, okay, what? Sort of rounding this up, this thought. So, uh, in my writing, uh, there is a villain, this monster, and uh, looking at it, say as though you, you know you were analyzing a dream, looking at the symbols. Um, that you just so it it is me that that this there's this reflection which is a, which is a different way than say uh, externalizing like say you know if you look at Lord of the Rings Sauron you know and you say oh this you know Dark Lord is actually the shadow of Tolkien. You know that's that's a different, unique perspective. You know, all of a sudden, the whole thing it becomes one sort of giant jigsaw piece, and these uh, these different aspects or parts of oneself. Um, some of them darker, some of them brighter. Uh, colors, uh, variation, combination of elements. Uh, elements that are struggling against each other. And so that, so that, uh, that for me, that's the jumping off point of, uh, or a, a way of looking at uh, story, narrative, um, 
characters. Uh, it's, it's archetypal and almost pantheonistic, you know, with this, you know, the, the uh, division of uh, these symbols that have almost like deity-like power. And again, a, sort of an interpretation. Let's, uh, let's take a look at the list again. Rags to riches. My first thought is, is, is fate or fortune and the wheel of fortune. I remember seeing this wonderful uh, medieval illustration of a, a remnant of uh, pagan uh, mythology, the goddess uh, Fortuna, you know, that is connected to the word fortune, and very much like the the fates. You know, here she is with her spinning wheel, right? Which, for me, is connecting to the Norns and uh, the Norse. Uh, three goddesses who control uh, the fates of mortals. There's an argument there about um, fate. I, th- I, th- I think it's fate and luck are in the same territory. Uh, versus One, one's own ability that that we have uh, options and that we can we can steer the craft we can control our destiny in a sense there is no destiny it's it's just up to us rags to riches the one that comes to mind is, is Cinderella and uh, you know, there's many other stories like that to riches and, and now I'm just thinking of uh, say a, a thread of finances that runs through a story it doesn't have to necessarily be finances it could be what could it be uh, having uh, having something uh, having good health, and then all of a sudden uh, you find yourself uh, struggling with an illness. Uh, so, so the sort of structure is there, but it's just the definition of what is, what are rags and what are riches. One part of that I remember is this. Uh, a look at the character at the beginning of the story that the character is um, you care about the character and one of the one of the ways to say signal to the audience that the character is worth caring about is to uh, I think it was Chekhov um, a play playwright a writer uh, he he suggested a pet the dog, right? Pet the dog, save the cat. Uh, variations on that, where you have, uh, say, you show that the person is good. They do something good. And then vice versa. The villain shows that they are villainous by uh, a deed. They commit some, some kind of, even a minor kind of crime. Uh, kicking something or... Uh, ruining something. A very subtle one uh, is, say, I want to say the anarchic act of uh, vandalism of uh, spray paint graffiti. Part of me 
quite likes graffiti, but at the same time, I, I, I know that um, if, you're, if you're a shop owner or something like that, uh, say that you, know, you, don't, you don't want those things. And that it's uh, you know the, the the mind that expresses the the these feelings of um, you know being disenfranchised uh, you know perhaps even uh, downtrodden and it leads you to put up your put up your name uh, but also to you know disguising it disguising your your handle or your tag and it's, and two it's that's such a small thing but it speaks right it, you know you're you're not going to a canvas and, and you know applying this you're going out down to the street and to you know and some would argue you know what what is what is the canvas but uh we have some uh, moral ambiguity again. Different sides, right? Is, is that is it such a you know horrible bad thing? It's not a you know hugely terrible thing, but if it's your house, uh, I know somebody who got uh, tagged, you know, in their house, and they tried to paint it, and it, you know it didn't quite work, and they felt you know upset, frustrated. They worked hard at doing you know to in a way, create the house, uh, or to, you know, to own the house, and, uh, so there's a small, tiny rags to riches moment going on. I think what I'm going to do is, is create a, another, uh, post, so it'll be sort of seven stories, you know, part one, and then seven stories, part two, because I, can, I feel that there's a lot more to discuss. And, uh, yeah, so let's, let's do that. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, I guess tune into part two, where we'll get into these uh, other, other stories.